0: Hello, hello, welcome to the Feelings Pod. My name is Sabrina Amina and we are on our 10th episode of the first season of this podcast and I'm excited to report that the days are getting longer and we're going to start moving into new episodes for the springtime which means we can talk a little bit more about the lighter, brighter feelings on this podcast. Um, In the meantime, uh, today's episode is on feelings of inadequacy. Inadequacy. When you feel inadequate, less than like an impostor, not enough. It happens to all of us whether or not we like to admit it uh, and whether or not we even realize it. Therapy is helpful. I highly recommend it. if you're not realizing, why you're behaving the way you're behaving, it helps to kind of take a look at things and notice, talk through the things that come up for you. Uh, there's a lot of kind of shame around some of the feelings that we experience. And so we sometimes just deny their existence or shove them down. Yeah, so I think feelings of inadequacy come up for me generally uh, all the time. I'm better at noticing when they come up. Um, For me, it's often when I receive like harsh criticism or reprimand or rejection, um, this is where my self-compassion practice has really helped me grow a lot in recognizing that everyone feels this way sometimes and it doesn't actually mean I'm less than or not enough or not good enough, not smart enough, not capable enough, not talented enough, not successful enough. Something that can really trigger feelings of inadequacy is when we compare ourselves to others, when we compare our journey to the journey of someone else. Sometimes jealousy can tune us into feelings of inadequacy. And jealousy is interesting because it highlights the things that we desire, like the things that we truly want. And seeing someone else have what we want gives us the false impression that, oh, someone else has this thing and there's a finite amount of it. And if this person has the thing that I want, it means that I cannot have the thing that I want, which is entirely false. So a book that I love about, um, kind of navigating feelings of envy and jealousy is called, uh, Judgment Detox by Gabrielle Bernstein. Um, It's a great read. I highly recommend it. It really can shift your uh, relationship to envy and jealousy in a powerful way because while all of these emotions can be uncomfortable, they are probably the most powerful vehicle for you know, personal transformation and growth, these shadow feelings are really worth looking at. They're valuable pieces of information that can just help you learn more about yourself. Um, once again, I recommend doing that in therapy with a professional Um, yes, there are activities that are therapeutic and can help you cope. Um, but doing the deep work really requires the assistance of a professional and it doesn't necessarily have to be talk therapy. Like there are so many different kinds of therapy, uh, to try. So I recommend starting by asking the folks in your network, um, if they know any good, uh, you know, therapists. Yeah. So feelings of inadequacy. Um, and it's so hard because we live in a society that really sometimes or very often celebrates competition and kind of this capitalistic dog eat dog like race to the top. Um, So comparison and feelings of inadequacy kind of thrive in a competitive environment. And that's not to say a little bit of healthy competition isn't a good thing um but when it goes to an extreme that's when we lose sight of ourselves hmm. sometimes i just like to take a pause uh feeling inadequate is is something hard to face for me because i I work really hard on my self concept um, I did not grow up feeling super confident in my being my skills, my inherent worth <laughs> as a human on this earth um simply because i I got that message so infrequently. Um, which is not uncommon like for example, I'm an educator if we talk about schools and just the simple you know pra- not it's not sim- it's far from simple, but our grading practices I mean all of that is deficit based. All of that is based on focusing on what you don't know and giving folks a score based on that. If you think about it, if you know, 60% of a topic, I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot of information. Um, you know, 60% of like a specific topic and that's, that's a lot. Um, but you know, in a, in a school setting, A 60% grade is, is, is a failure because there was 40% that you didn't know. Uh, that never made sense to me and I find it wildly infuriating. Uh, and I like to give credit for the things my students do know, give them that encouragement and help them grow their knowledge. So be like, oh, it's really awesome that, you know, the 60% of the information, let's build on that and add, you know, maybe 5% at a time. It just makes sense to me. So, yeah, I think that feelings of inadequacy are instilled within us from a very early age and. Especially if you grew up around hypercritical adults who often gave the message that you weren't doing things right, you are doing things wrong, you're a basically (laughs) not great person, Um, we say these things to young people, to children, and we use really harsh cruel language with young people, um, without giving it a second thought. And so I'm, I'm also a parent and one of the ways I've helped myself grow through feelings of inadequacy is just learning how to celebrate myself learning how to recognize what my strengths are, learning to see the glass half full when it comes to who I am. Well, let's be honest, I've gotten to a point where I feel like the glass is completely full. (laughs) (laughs) So, So I've swung into the opposite direction and I wish the very same for you if you're struggling with feelings of inadequacy. Um, and the great thing about learning how to acknowledge yourself and celebrate even like your smallest victories, even the things that you look over and don't even give a second thought to, um, like that helps you not only, you know, cushion yourself and give your, you know, make yourself feel good, but then you start to kind of see other people's strengths. It's easier to see other people's strengths when you give yourself permission to see your own. So the next time you're feeling really poorly about yourself, like, see if you can remember to think Critically about that self criticism, you can ask yourself, is what my thoughts are saying about me really true? And perhaps I can tell a different story. I have a really simple example from this week. Um, A colleague of mine um, walked by and she. she was going to use the restroom and decided to pop into the, the student restroom instead of going all the way upstairs to use the, the faculty restroom. And she felt the need to explain that to me and said, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just too lazy to go all the way upstairs. Um, and we, we do it all the time in these really simple, like passing statements and this woman is far from lazy. (laughs) She's a math teacher. She's running around all the time. She's grading papers all the time. She's with students and supporting them. Like teachers are just, and anyone who shows up to educate like hundreds of teenagers or young kids every day is, is far from lazy. Um, anyhow, so when she came out of the restroom, I just stopped her and I said, I would just like to say that doing things to make life a little bit easier is smart and certainly not lazy. And I want us to do that more often for ourselves is catch yourself when you're speaking to yourself in an unkind way maybe you think calling yourself lazy is not a big deal but you know we call ourselves all sorts of disparaging names and rewriting those stories we tell about ourselves can be a really powerful practice to help us combat feelings of inadequacy also another book i recommend is uh a book called Laziness Does Not Exist by Devin Price. Uh, I love this concept. Uh, A lot of times our feelings of inadequacy come from this idea that we're not doing enough. And basically um, the thesis of this book is that, you know, laziness comes from like these puritanical ideas of kind of being constantly productive and constantly working And that narrative feeds very well into the capitalist structure (laughs) that we all uh, are living under. Um, So challenging this idea that we constantly have to do and produce and act uh, and when we're not doing means that we're lazy, like, that's, that's, you know, completely false, like, can you imagine, we live in a society where people just feel guilty, just stop, and be, and breathe, and rest, like, that's a very human thing, it's a necessary thing, and yet, so many folks, like, really struggle with just taking a pause. <laughs> and it's hard to take a pause. Like sometimes um, I'll take a break and take a walk at school or, you know, stop by and see a colleague and have a chat. And, you know, there is this kind of atmosphere of feeling like, oh, she's, what is she doing? Like, How does she have time to, you know, sit down and eat lunch? And I mean, in my particular environment, it doesn't always feel that way. But uh, I have certainly been in schools where I felt like if I took a break, folks would really frown upon that. Yeah, so we really need to get away from this constant doing In order to feel accomplished or worthy or good, so I'll leave you with this reminder you are whole, you are worthy, you are beautiful, you are complete. Did I say good? Because you're so good. You're so good. just because you exist. So I hope you can hold on to that affirmation and carry it with you this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Let's get into a practice today, our mindfulness practice. If you're able to take a pause and practice with me, That's awesome. If not, you can certainly pause the episode and come back to it when you're ready. So find a comfortable position. You can choose to lie down or sit upright. And make yourself as comfortable as possible. And once you're in a position that feels good, close your eyes and start tuning into your breath. Just noticing your inhale and exhale. And making a mental note of how you're feeling in this moment. What are you carrying Is there anything you'd like to put down? Is there anything that you'd like to invite in? Take a deep breath into the belly and exhale. Take another deep breath into the belly and exhale. Take a deep breath in, filling the belly and exhale. Just notice what thoughts are present and see if you can allow them to just float on by. If if a thought pops up, label it as a worry, as a memory, as a plan. Notice what the brain wants to do as you are tuning into the breath. Perhaps there's a judgment or a discomfort. There's no need to push against it. Allow it to come up and allow it to go on its way. Sometimes our thoughts have a sticky quality to them. They linger a bit longer than we want them to, especially when they're difficult thoughts or repetitive thoughts. Our mindfulness practice allows us to observe the thoughts that come up, breathe into them, and send them on their way. Take a deep breath in. and let it go. Inhale. Fill the belly. And exhale. in this moment, just notice the body. Notice the weight of gravity holding you in place. Notice where your body makes contact with the support beneath you. We'll do a brief body scan, starting with the feet. Notice the toes. Maybe you wanna wiggle the toes. Notice the tops of your feet. Notice the bottoms of your feet, the arch, your heels. Slowly bringing awareness up toward the ankles. Noticing the left ankle. And the right ankle moving up towards the calves, the left calf, the right calf, the left shin, the right shin, noticing your knees, the left knee, the right knee. Take a deep breath in. Let it go. Notice your left thigh. The right thigh. Notice the hips. Take a deep breath in. And let it go. Notice the belly. Take a deep breath into the belly. And let that go. Bring your attention to the heart space. It might feel nice to Rub your hands together and gently place them over the heart. Breathing into the heart space, take a deep breath in and let it go. Bring your attention to the chest, the collarbone, your shoulders, your left shoulder, your right shoulder, the upper arms, your biceps, the elbows. Notice your forearms. Notice your hands. Wiggle the fingers. Notice your thumbs, your index fingers, the middle finger, the ring finger, and the pinky finger. Take a deep breath in. Let it go, bringing your attention back to the throat, the neck, noticing the jaw. We tend to hold a lot of tension in our jaw and see if you can soften into this space a little bit. Maybe offer yourself a little bit of massage. Notice the muscles in your face and just allow all expression to leave your face. Take a deep breath in. Let it go, relaxing the cheekbones, the forehead, the muscles of the eyes, allowing the eyeballs just to fall back into your head and relax. Bring your attention to that spot right between the eyebrows. Take a deep breath in. Let it go. Bring your attention to the very top of your head. And we'll end this practice with one last big deep breath. Imagine drawing that breath from the bottoms of your feet and bringing it all the way up to the top of your head. Take a deep breath in. And let it go. And while your eyes are still closed and we're ending this practice, Bring to mind how you felt before you started this practice and notice how you feel in this moment right now. When you feel ready, allow your eyes to open so slowly, letting the light come back into your eyes and let your gaze rest on something that makes you feel at ease. Thank you so much for practicing with me today. I hope you carry this practice with you. And remember that ease can be found through the breath. Have a wonderful day.